So today's episode is a story of a man who suffered severely once upon a time with depression and has conquered it through meditation, food, breath, movement, various techniques that we get to touch on within this podcast. And this man who is our guest has incredible knowledge around naturopathic protocols as well as understandings of foods that will benefit us and foods that will inhibit us in terms of our well-being and overall health. He really helps us to understand uh, some of the consequences of certain foods that go into our body and then of course some of the benefits of certain foods as well as actually giving us certain uh, practices with a step-by-step basis in order to find more calm in our lives. And then of course he guides us through his own story of how he moved through depression and as to his top three things that have really served him as well as the piece of advice that he would give his younger self in order to move through his depression. So without further ado, let's go. And what's going on guys? Kieran Headley here from the Pocket Coach Podcast. So I'm here with a brother um, that literally is a brother that I've just met now. <laughs> um, I call him a brother because he's just got such a beautiful energy and vibe about him. Literally the second I opened the door and saw this guy, um, such a great connection, such a great vibe that he carries and it never used to be like that. It never used to be like that. Yet he's transformed his life in such a profound way that I'm so excited to speak to you guys about today uh, to help not just inspire, but actually to bring practical tools and steps for you guys so you can start to implement these in your own life with your own challenges that might that you might resonate with in terms of the challenges that we'll bring up and highlight on this chat so the man that i have right next to me is ryan bennett and he is a naturopath and breath work facilitator now he's also had a history of wellness coaching and personal training and in fact i resonate with that as well i used to be a personal trainer myself so it's yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so fascinated by this stuff and the things that he shared, I've, I've found uh, many learnings myself from just actually exploring his own, his content and also I found a lot of inspiration for myself as well by hearing a bit more about your story, especially now as we've been chatting and also um, the things that you've shared online as well. So welcome to the podcast, brother. Thank you so much. to have you. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much for having yeah, me, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate the uh, introduction Yeah. Um, and I appreciate being here. Oh, man. It's great to have you. So I'd actually love to just kickstart this straight away by asking a little bit about, you mentioned you've had depression in the past. Mm. You've mentioned you had those struggles, mental health issues. So why don't we start there for a little bit so people can get to know you a little bit more as to where you've come from. And then we can speak a little bit more about what people can start to do in terms of based on what you've done for yourself. Yeah, Yeah. definitely, definitely. Mm. So um, my struggles with mental health started... Well, I think I first acknowledged them when I was about 21. I still oh. remember the day. Yeah. Um, I was at work. This was actually, um, I actually used to be an engineer before I um, went down this wellness path and started helping other people. Um, so I worked as an engineer. I studied to become an engineer, worked as an engineer for a few years. It was actually in my first year of engineering. Um, it was af- after a really, really big New Year's. Um, it was about January the 14th, right. somewhere where around... Where did you go for New Year's? Um, so I was at Rhythm and Vines. Oh, oh, yeah. Wait, when was this, sorry? Oh, man. Well, it would have been seven years ago. Oh, okay. 
Oh, okay. No, I went to the 20... Oh, I went to 2016. That was the one and only one I went to. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. I can't remember which year, yeah. which year it was. Um, but yeah, I remember it being really, really big. Um, and it took a big toll on me. And it took like a little bit to sort of recover from that. Mm. Um, I remember just being at work and all of a sudden I just burst into tears. Whoa. And for me... I didn't know what was going on. So instead of telling anyone at work, I just jumped in my car and just drove home. And I was sitting on my bed. Um, I like, yeah, I went into the shower. It was just like bawling. I like didn't know. I was like curled up in a ball um, at the bottom of the shower, just like not knowing what, what the fuck was going on, like not knowing um, anything because you'd never really talk about depression or mental health in New Zealand, oh, yeah. right? Like it's not something you discuss with your friends especially at that age um did you um, also before you continue as well did it, were there sort of symptoms of this stuff beforehand like for many years beforehand or was it just sort of quite mm, out of nowhere or i think um i think there definitely was yeah um because i always was like found it hard like after a big night a big weekend yeah um, there was always like times when i just sort of had to step away um but i guess that was just like the one moment right like that was yeah. the dark night of the soul that was rock bottom that yeah. I essentially hit um so I like put myself up went onto my laptop googled how I was feeling and depression.org came up and I was like okay just scrolling through looking at it and um I was literally just about to book in an appointment with a counsellor and I just got this like huge wave of energy over me that told me that like there's more to this right um, and so I went onto YouTube and typed in how your thoughts create your reality. And this little five, where did that come from? <laughs> no idea. No idea. That's amazing. Honestly, man, no yeah. idea. Cause I never done any meditation. Yeah. I wasn't spiritual at all. Like mm. I was just one of the lads, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I looked into the, the video and this little five minute clip came up i can't actually find the video anymore because mm. i've tried to share it with a few people yeah. and it was from this um it was called spirit science was the group and they do these little five minute videos just like explaining extremely profound things so they explained into the idea of how your thoughts create your reality like how the way you think the way um you sort of show up in the world sort of projects this energy and creates the reality in the way oh. you perceive it yeah. and i was just it just resonated with me wow. And it was just like a light bulb moment where instead of me actually reaching out and acknowledging and accepting that I label myself with depression, yeah. I was like, okay, that's just a label, but there's so much more to this. Yeah. Um, so I explored different options. Yes. Um, just for a moment, man, I'm going to intervene because I resonate a lot with what you just shared, the identity of depression. Yeah. I fell into that for a long time. Eh? Um, so... I love what you've done, uh, what you did there, man. I actually mm. find that really inspiring. The fact that you were able to completely remove yourself from societal, a societal normal approach, which would be to go for a diagnosis yeah. and then to go for maybe medication or a psychology session, counseling session, therapy yeah. session. That's the way I went, man. Yeah. Um, and that actually put a massive limiter mm. and, um, um, on my ability to move out of it because now I'm like, well, I have depression. Yeah. I am curing and I have depression. depression I yes. am depressed. Like that yes. was yes. my label and yeah. that prevented me from moving out of it or moving on because yeah. I always thought that 
I have to work around my depression yes, rather than sure. working through it. Hundred percent. You yeah. see it as something that you have to manage or something that you have that's to overcome. It. When realistically, depression is just a feeling or a state of yes. being, right? Yes. Um, and that's that's was quite profound because now that I'm studying naturopathy, we do exactly yeah. the same thing. Like Amazing. we have no differential diagnostic diagnosis um, yeah. when people come to us with a condition that's been diagnosed by allopathy yeah. we don't look and treat that condition we just look at the person as a whole yes. and try to get to the under underlying factors that are going on yeah um, yeah so i guess that idea has sort of been thread through a lot yeah. of what i've done in a lot of my own journey just wow. never really identifying it or yeah you know, becoming that person you know amazing so from there you started to actually understand more on a spiritual concept behind depression or holistic i should say actually, yeah, yeah um behind this depressive experience that you're having yeah um so what was sort of the turning point for you uh experientially because so, now you've got this intellectual concept, okay, I understand things a bit more. Yep. Or actually started to change how you're feeling. Um, so at the moment, because I was only 21, like I wasn't yeah. really into spirituality, I just like, that sort of opened the door for meditation, opened the door for like, um, just looking for it and wanting a little mm. bit more. Um, but I still remember me trying to explain that to my friends and them just not getting it. Right. Um, so one day after work, I was driving the exact same road that I drove every single day and I seen a boxing gym and I like, had never seen this boxing gym before, like ever. On the same road? On the, exactly crazy. the same road, yeah. Wow. And um, so I like pulled over one um, after work one day, went in and just like fell in love with it. And that was really, really good because it was a really good way for me to regulate my emotions it was a really good way for me to um, express what was going on to focus on something and actually one of the biggest things was actually having a reason not to have to get on the piss or oh, not to amazing. have to do drugs because now yeah. instead of me just being like oh nah guys i'm not going to do this yeah. it was be like nah sorry i'm not going to do this because i actually have a, a wow. higher purpose yeah so that's something that i suppose my friends could understand in an easier way for yeah, me to yeah. be like yeah. okay, oh he's going boxing that's the manly <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. We're realistically yeah. Inside, i'm just cracking up <laughs> yeah and so that was that was a massive part of the journey um actually four weeks later i had my first fight Ended up winning. Whoa, that's so quick. Yeah, man. Yeah, the dude just like said I was just a natural. Wow. Yeah, so picked it up real quick. Had yeah. my first fight. Had like five fights in like three months. Won them all. What? Ended up having like 17 boxing fights. Won a couple of New Zealand titles. I had no idea. All part of the journey. That's amazing, man. <laughs> so what, what um what's your situation with boxing at the moment? Um, so I had to stop. Um, two pretty severe concussions. Yeah. Um, both took me away from it and was just starting to affect other aspects of myself um i was always used to have real bad headaches um and my doctors and stuff told me that i shouldn't do boxing but for me i was like either box or i have no outlet so i'm going to use boxing as a tool for now and i'll deal with the consequences later right yeah 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 right Mm. and then sounds like that shifted a bit or yeah shifted yeah. a bit yeah for sure i got better forms of emotional regulation cool. i don't need to have oh, yeah, people or allow yeah, myself right. to get hit yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. but i mean it, like meaning it's shifted as in like you've sort of come away from boxing yes yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah yeah so coming from that man um you've obviously had a journey around uh applying certain tools practices understandings techniques uh to help almost elevate your experience of life and to actually start to move away from this depressive experience more and more. So we went from this outlet experience to actually now obviously investing in 
um, yeah, more techniques, practices are going to help you. And yep. of course, taking more holistic approach with food, um, yeah, with um, overall well-being, with fitness, everything like that. And what do you feel was a, what? What do you feel were maybe the big three things along your journey that really came into play that really helped your mental health mm. to improve? So nutrition, yeah. definitely. Um, learning about breath work and yeah. utilizing the breath. Yes. And then just, I suppose the biggest one is emotional regulation and just allowing yourself to feel. Amazing. For sure. If I feel sadness, I allow myself to feel sadness. Yeah. If I feel anger, I allow myself to feel anger. Yeah. You know, if, if I'm happy and joyful, like I allow it to, to come through, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I look a lot into like bioenergetics in the way that the body sort of stores and traps energy and emotions. Beautiful. I've never actually heard that term specifically. Oh, I've never that. heard it before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it goes a lot into the sort of the, the Eastern philosophy about mind-body practices, um, yes. like epigenetics yes. um, and things like that. So just allowing energy to move and shift through the body. Yeah. Um, this is actually a really interesting um, concept. So essentially human beings, all we are is animals, right? Yes. Um, every other animal that gets chased by a predator once that situation is over, they allow themselves to shake. Like if you yes. see a gazelle getting yes. chased by a hyena, yeah. if it gets away, it does like a central nervous system shake. Um, but as human beings, if we go through a stressful situation, we like tighten up, yeah. tense, and don't allow that situation to sort of move through the body. Yeah. So through using the concept of bioengineering, um, bioenergetics, sorry, if you feel like your body wants to move in a certain way, just allow it to move in, in a certain way. Yes. So just, if you're feeling stressed, just let your body just like ah, shake and move it all out, you know? And it just frees, that. it just frees that space. Yes. Mm. Yes. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. It's the same as if like in, um, any, any sort of antelope uh, sees one of its uh, peers get killed or, um, just die next to it it's like for maybe you know five or ten minutes it's maybe a little bit shaken but then all of a sudden it just continues crazy yeah like as if nothing's happened it's yeah. crazy the ability to actually process that stuff of course they don't have the intellectual capacity that we do as humans you know going to overthinking and yeah. this means that and making all these connections but for at sure. the same time as well uh, it just goes to show uh, an animal's innate ability yes. to actually move through those certain things yeah. which can be which could potentially be quite traumatizing. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, right. It's quite beautiful. Yeah, definitely. And then that's, um, I mean, we have a reptilian aspect of our brain, right? Yes, like, huge. So if we're not able to first, like, intellectualize it and, and do all the human things, but then yeah. also let our animal instincts just shift and move through it. That's cool. And we're sort of missing that capacity as well. Yes, And yes. And a lot of it you can look it into um, stimulation of the vagus nerve as well. Yes. Like um, vagal tones. Um, dancing, shaking, humming, anything that, yeah. that vibrates your your vagus nerve is going to help just reset the central nervous system mm. as well. So essentially that shake is doing that. That's so interesting. Mm. I love that. I love that. So uh, speaking to uh, those that are now um, are sort of skeptical about the concept of feeling their emotions because they're in a place where like I know they used to be here as well. Um, and I've worked with many people that, are, um, that have been in that place previously yep. where uh, they'll have this intellectual concept that if I feel my emotions, mm. I will feel worse. Yes. And if I feel my, my emotions um, also, that's like a sign of weakness, you know, yep. like how could I? Yep. What would you say to those people? 
it's quite a challenging one because everyone's going to be different and everyone's going to have a different level, I suppose. And everyone's going to have a, a different capacity to actually like feel into um, and express them. Um, so I, I guess for me, the, probably the biggest thing is not seeing any emotion as being good and not seeing any emotion as being bad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because if we see anger as being bad, then it means if we feel angry, we actually see ourselves as being a bad person. Yeah. Um, but we're human beings and we're meant to experience an array of emotions. Yeah. Um, so if we repress any emotions realistically, that's just going to lead to the negative effect anyway. Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. And then if you look into epigenetics, if we're repressing an emotion, it's just going to get stored in our body anyway. Mm. Um, and repression for me, when you look into that idea or concept of, um, bioenergetics re repression is depression yeah like you're repressing parts of yourself you're repressing aspects of yourself and that's just going to manifest as you um, just not feeling like yourself right yeah totally mm. totally and then that leads to more reactiveness to life yeah and, uh, definitely creates even more consequences yeah 100 percent. yeah it's it's really interesting speaking to um like i'm sure you've um within the work that you've done um even in your personal training days even like come across um, you know, you're quote unquote manly men. Mm. Uh, how, how do you approach that? How do you feel? Um, or like, how would you actually speak to them if they were listening right now? Um, that, you know, want that feel like this manly man at the same time, they do want to feel their emotions. They understand the benefit of it. Yeah. Um, but there's like this, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't want the guys to know. Or, yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't want to show this to Yeah, hundred percent. And it's hard, man, because there's that stigma, Yeah. right? There's that real big stigma attached to it. Um, and, and I suppose it's different because everyone is going to be different. We are all on a different journey. We are all on a different path. Um, the fact that we, we, we're here probably here having this conversation is just because we're on a different path to people totally. who aren't having that conversation, not to say that we're on the right path and they're on the wrong path or we're on the wrong path and they're on the right path. Um, we're just on different aspects of the journey, I suppose. Right. That's cool. Um, so I suppose for them, they might not even get to that that capacity of even questioning it, and that's okay. Um, but if you are in that place where you are starting to feel into it and allow yourself to feel into it, I guess just give yourself that freedom to explore it. Yeah. Um, find spaces that allow you to to express yeah. it. Yeah. Um, whether it's through like breath work, whether it's through different men's group, mm. whether it's just through talking to a friend. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, find what that outlet is for you. Yeah, yeah, and mm. I'd just like to touch on that briefly. Men's groups so powerful, man. Like I, like they helped me a lot actually. Mm. Um, and um, on my journey so far, it's like I'm actually, um, yeah, having a space where. And for those that don't know about men's groups, it's basically you just sit with a bunch of lads and speak about emotions. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All for women as well. Right? Yeah, women's definitely group women's groups as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, such beautiful um spaces. I mean, uh, people that don't know, um, you can go down to the. Um, description where you also find um, you know everything about Ryan and everything down there as well but you also find a link to Thrive Organization and mm. that's um, yeah sharing circles as well here in Auckland which will eventually be online um, but yeah if you want specific men's or women's groups there's so many out there you just need to yeah, pay attention and you'll find them but, um, yeah man um, absolutely love that and I feel like that's such a great uh, step for many people to take if they want to really just start to go in the direction of being mm. more authentic and vulnerable with themselves and yes feeling things a little bit more so yeah there's so many benefits there and um and of course you mentioned the shaking aspect is there sort of like a 
um, uh, is it sort of like a protocol that you have when like a lot of stress comes up in your body or yep. um, anything like that? Like what are sort of your steps for you? Um, so for me, um, I like to look at stress a little bit different. Nice. Um, I like to reframe it and see it actually is a good thing. Um, so when I, when I do feel stress and when I feel it in my body, I do yeah. just like do like a, a little shake yeah. or, um, do some vagal tones, whether it's like humming, um, or you can just gargle a glass of water. I'm holding a glass of water yeah, up yeah, for everyone yeah. who can't see it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can just gargle water and that does stimulate your vagus nerve, which right. helps to reset your central nervous system. So interesting. Yeah. Um, even, um, hot and cold water. Yeah. Like those transitions between hot and cold, that's yes. the same thing. Um, and it just helps to downregulate stress or downregulate mm. stress response. Um, but when it comes to, to stress, there's a really interesting um, study that they did at Harvard University. And they looked into stress and what was actually worse for you. The stress or the perception of stress. Interesting. Yeah. So what they actually found was that stress isn't what actually kills people. Or they did a, um, a long and extended period of time study on, uh, I think it was like 2,000 people or something like that. They seen what their relationship was like with stress yeah. and then tied it to their life expectancy Whoa. and their manifestation of disease. Yes. And they actually showed that the 84% of the, percent of the people who perceive stress as being a bad thing yeah. actually had a decreased life expectancy. Whoa. Interesting. That's right? so fascinating. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So then um, the lady who did all this research, yeah. she then did um, like a little bit of a follow-up study with um, two groups of students at Harvard University, um, and they put them through, I can't remember the exact name of it, but essentially it was like a stress test. Mm. Um, they got everyone, they get people up onto stage, you have to say an impromptu speech while everybody in the crowd... Um, sort of gives you negative feedback essentially they're like looking right. down they're not yeah. saying anything they're coughing they're yeah. like yawning um just giving you everything to sort of stimulate your stress response to make it a stressful situation so one group they sort of went in let them do the um let them do the speech yeah. took all the rest um their, their readings um took what their like stress levels were beforehand and then the second group they actually primed them and and got them to board and buy into the idea that stress was actually a good thing it's like your body is actually preparing you to rise to an occasion. Your body is actually priming you to actually finish that work. Your body is actually telling you that maybe you need to get out of a situation, go for a walk, go for a rest. And once they did that test, um, once they did that test, they actually found that those people who were primed for that situation, their body physically um, and psychologically reacted to stress differently. Wow. Mm. That's so, so yeah crazy right yeah. and it, it actually showed that um because when you get stressed you release cortisol adrenaline yes. heart rate um increases yes. your um, blood vessels um, vasodilate mm. get more blood through the body mm. but what they actually found was there was actually more vasoconstriction in those who they primed for the stress right. test so it actually shows that the body didn't stress out as yeah, much yeah. just because of that perception crazy right yeah, it's so fascinating it blows my mind yeah yeah, yeah really interesting eh? yeah how the body is always really trying to serve us in the best way that it possibly can so hugely when we reject that mm. only amplifying the um 
the situation in a more negative yeah. sense, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, we're seeing it as a as a negative thing when realistically it's the body just trying to get us ready yeah. for something. Love what you shared there. Mm. Love what you shared there, yeah. So no, I, I love that protocol about um, stimulating the vagus nerve, um, about utilizing breath. So I'd love to touch on breath because of course you're a breath, breathwork practitioner as well and we'll get to food in a second. But um, in what ways can people start to utilize the breath and why is that such a um, effective method? I think the breath is the only real thing in the present moment, right? Mm. I think it is a um, Lutel said that oh, yeah. depression, um, if you feel depressed, you're living in the past. If you feel yeah. anxious, you're living in the future. Yeah. If you're at peace, you're in the present moment. Yeah. And the breath is the one thing that is actually in, in the present moment. Yeah. It's the one thing that is both automated and mechanical yeah and realistically it is like our gas pedal and our Mm. brake for our stress response so if you are able to learn and tap in and to actually start to breathe properly um you're actually going to have greater health you're going to probably be more present Mm. um and just life gets a whole lot better oh man massively (laughs) Massively. very very much so yeah so um give me like you know maybe one or two uh practices that you yeah for sure yeah so um, probably one of the biggest ones that I get a lot of my clients to do is something called therapeutic breathing. Okay. Um, so it's a five second in, five second out. Okay, so we'll yeah. just go to the basics of yeah, the yeah. breath first, yeah. right? Let's do that. Okay, so um, when it comes to the breath, ideally we want to be breathing through our nose. Mm. All right, not only is it designed for breathing because mm. it catches all the bacteria, it catches pollen, it catches dust. Yeah. Um, but it actually brings the air to the perfect temperature right. for it to go into our lungs okay. um, while also like spiraling so that yes. it can go into our lungs properly as well. Yeah. So the nose knows, right? We should always try to breathe through our nose, okay? Even, um, uh, we won't go into that, but yeah, we predominantly we should be breathing through our nose, yeah. okay? Second thing as well is, is that we should be breathing into our belly because mm. um, it actually stimu- stimulates our parasympathetic nervous system Mm. which is our rest and digest response so in through the nose nice and deep into the belly if you're breathing through your mouth and into the chest then you're just gonna stimulate stress realistically and you can think about it um when you get stressed whenever a stressful situation just like check in with your breath see how you're Mm. breathing and quite often you'll be breathing through your mouth and in your chest like even when you get a shock right what do you do yeah totally Totally. Um, so that's probably the first thing is teaching people how to breathe um, or diaphragmatic breathing. Mm. That's probably the first thing that we normally touch on. Um, then there's something called a, a therapeutic breath range. Um, so it's anywhere between anywhere between um, five and eight breaths per minute. That's what they reckon is the ideal breath range. Mm. Um, and that's where they say optimal health is. Um, there was a guy, I think his name was Dr... Bukota, I believe that's it. Um, fact check me afterwards. Um, so he was around in the 1960s. Um, he was actually a German physician and he noticed that people who were chronically ill actually had a faster breathing pattern. They that normally, is so interesting. Yeah, they yeah. normally breathed up um, around 25 breaths per minute. Whoa. When like me and you right now, we're probably drink, breathing anywhere between 5 and 15. Like That's a, yeah. a normal Western person. Um, but then when you look at people who are extremely healthy, they normally breathe between five and eight. Wow. 
Oh. Some yogis can breathe like twice, like oh, two breaths per minute. That's insane. Yeah, so I've heard. Yeah. They don't have the same sort of stresses we have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so when it comes to the therapeutic breath range, um, a really good breathing pattern is five seconds in through the nose, five seconds out through the nose, five seconds in through the nose, five seconds out through the nose. And that's um, been shown to increase something called heart rate variability. Mm. So that's just the variation between your systolic and diastolic um, yeah. heartbeat. Right. And that's actually been one way that they've actually started to show um, it's like a really good gauge of someone's general mm. health and well-being mm. um, because it directly ties into their ability to handle and manage stress. Mm. Um, so a higher heart rate variability, um, the more adapt your body is to stress and the more adapt your body, or the more healthier your body mm. is with the lower heart rate variability. Um, I guess the more prone you potentially could be to chronic yeah. diseases. Yeah, so really, really simple practice. Beautiful. Just five minutes a day, breathing in through the nose, breathing out through the nose for five seconds. Is there like a timing for that? Like first thing in the morning? Um, so the guy who coined um, sort of this practice, his name is Dan Brule. Um, he says six breaths for five minutes, four times a day. Right. Okay, so you could do it similar to when you have your meals. You know, in the in the morning, breakfast, lunch, snack in the afternoon, yeah. breath, yeah. and then one before you go to bed. Beautiful. So six breaths, five minutes, four times a day. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I guess um, also it'll be lowering overall uh, um, serum cortisol production, like uh, overall stress production throughout the day in yeah. general, and yeah. thus uh, with a lower level of stress, uh, consequently a lower level of reactiveness as yeah. well. Yes. Yeah, oh, it's huge. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah, very beautiful. Um, And because you're a breathwork facilitator as well, I'm assuming you take people through uh, maybe more intensive variations of breath as well. Is that correct? Yep, yep. So um, as a breathwork facilitator, um, I'm training something called rebirthing. Right. Um, So rebirthing is the opposite of what I was just saying. Um, So with rebirthing, uh, we actually want to stimulate the stress response. Um, So we get people to breathe through the mouth into the chest um, for anywhere from 40 40 minutes to an hour, Wow, depending on the person. Um, And so that's more of like a journey. It's more of like an experience. Um, It's a form of like trauma release as well. Um, So for me, I first got introduced to that form of breath work when I was in India. Wow. Um, I was working with a, a shwami for a few weeks and um, he had something called emotional blockage technique, um, which was essentially that same breathing pattern, um, why he did a deep tissue massage on your legs. Um, and for me, it was like, this was like the one of probably the, the first and biggest releases I ever had. Whoa. I literally just screamed for like 45 minutes. Wow. Yeah, I was in this, underneath this little cafe in India. And I remember leaving, and because you have to go walking up through the cafe. Right. And yeah. just like everybody was looking at me. Because oh, I wow. just, <laughs> just like had a huge release, just yeah. screamed, cried, was just, that was yeah. the first time that sort of allowed myself to, to sort of really, really feel wow. and express Sounds like it was a big turning point as well. For, Huge turning point. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So beautiful, man. Mm. Yeah, I definitely as well. Um, uh, um, I've been exposed to uh, yeah, breath work when I was over in Bali in a yeah, more therapeutic aspect and a more therapeutic way. Like I've been using it as a calming yeah. tool. Yeah. However, I've never used it um, therapeutically. And mm. yeah, the breath was also enough breathing um, into the belly, up into the high chest and then out. Mm. It's a double breath like that. Um, also holotrophic and tropic and... 
um, it is about yeah about a thirty ish minute uh, journey and same thing like I'd never as a grown man uh, come to a place where I allowed myself to cry in front of other people it was mm. it was quite intense to have that experience for me but it was also quite freeing um, it really helped me to uh, come to terms uh, with a lot of the emotions I was experiencing and start to really accept that part of me as well the yeah. emotional side of me and yeah. uh, in turn. Um, yeah, the benefit of that, not only did I shift a lot of emotion that was stored up within my system, mm. um, I also started to come to many realizations that I'd been hiding away from. I mean, it it like those, um, unlocking those realizations was actually by moving through the emotion itself. That was mm. like the uh, the doorway that was preventing me from, uh, that was completely locked up, that was preventing me from actually seeing those realizations. Yeah. Um, so by actually accessing that doorway of emotion, it's, um, a lot of the thoughts that were um that i wanted to figure out uh, yeah. finally came through yes. so yeah it was a big turning point for me as well having a breathwork journey like that and then yeah, since then um yeah i've definitely made it a big cornerstone and mm. um a lot of my healing work as well is coming yeah. back to that sort of stuff and yeah yeah that's i'm, I'm saying that because i want to validate this sort of work it's yeah. actually been quite big for myself um many Beautiful. people that i've worked with as well and yeah. of course yourself as well it's yeah. huge and i think for me it just opened up a door like it, it opened up a door of acceptance um, yeah. and allowing that to be okay. Um, because as you say, right, we're never really given that opportunity to truly express ourselves. Yeah. And quite often, like our conscious mind is trying to keep us safe. Yeah. Our conscious mind is trying to keep us out of danger. Um, but with breath work, it allows us to, to get past the conscious mind and really tap into our subconscious yes. and to, to freely express um, trapped and stored emotions that are sort of stuck in the soma. Yes. You know, when you look into mind-body practices, when you look into um, pranayama or even yoga, yeah. like that, a lot of that work is, is what they're doing, right? They're working on the energetic body and allowing us to release trapped emotions. Yeah. Um, so for me, breath work is a way for me to just, to, to, to sort of really check in with what's going on in the subconscious mind. Mm, and I for a lot that. of people, that can be extremely intimidating. It can be extremely extremely scary thought um but the spaces that are provided um by the practitioners that hold these spaces is mm. is is just that it gives you a safe space in a safe container to truly express yourself yeah. um without any judgment without any like advice without us doing anything yeah we're just teaching a tool so you can really be your own healer yeah mm. beautiful so I'd love to shift things over to food because I have such an interest in the, some of the things that you've been sharing, brother, oh, cool. um, around uh, the not even just what you're eating, but also the way you're eating. Yeah. It's so interesting. I'd love to, so I'd love for you to share maybe uh, firstly as to why yep. nutrition is uh, such a vital thing for mental health. Yeah, for sure. Um, and also then before we get into anything else. What it's done for you and why it's been a big impact has it had a big, big impact on your mental health yeah 100 yeah. percent. so i guess um when it comes to nutrition and mental health realistically it just comes down to micronutrients right yeah. um if we're not eating a diversity of plants we're not going to be eating um, a diversity of micronutrients also if we're not eating a diversity of plants we're not feeding our microbiome a diversity yeah. of food Right, and all disease begins in the gut, right? Yeah. And there's such a relationship between the gut-brain axis that if the digestive system is inflamed, if our microbiome down here is not happy, then realistically the mind's not going to be too happy as yeah. well. Yeah, um, and that's because of that connection, right? From yeah. From the gut to the brain. Yeah, yeah, because of that connection from the gut to the yeah. brain and the brain to the gut. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and for me, um, nutrition is such an interesting topic because it can be so varied and so different yes. for everybody. Yes. Um, see, like a nutritional philosophy that might work for me might not actually be the best for another person. Yes. Um, when you look into naturopathy, we all have our own sort of unique bio-individuality. Um, so before I was a naturopath, I was working as a health coach, and I was predominantly helping people lose weight, get healthier, um, and, and for me, a lot of it was about healing that relationship with food. Because right. actually people have a, have a really negative relationship with food. Yes. Um, there's a lot of rules around it because of all these different concepts and nutritional yes. philosophies that people have. Um, so a lot of it for me, um, when it comes to nutrition, it's about focusing on whole foods. But then really having that conversation with your body around how you feel after a meal. Right. Having that conversation with your body, whether or not if there is any digestive concerns afterwards, yes. you know. Yes. And really sort of learning to listen to those cues as a way of sort of giving you your own nutritional guidance. Oh, that's, yeah, that's so crucial, eh? Um, to actually check in with how one feels after a meal because yes. that's then going to indicate, okay, well, maybe there was something in that meal that yeah. um, could have been the thing. So, um, what are certain, so certain symptoms that one might look for is, um, I suppose you mentioned, um, you know, uh, my gut doesn't feel too good. Um, yep. What are some other symptoms that someone might look for if they are to pay attention to um, maybe that the fact that something that they've just ingested probably isn't serving them? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so it could be an array of things realistically, um, and it sort of depends on where the person might be on their journey and, and when it comes to their own gut health. Um, so it can be things like brain fog. Yeah. Um, could even be anxiety. Yes. Um, there could be some um, depression. Um, there could be achy joints. Yeah. Um, there could be constipation, diarrhea, yeah. bloating, um, stomach pain, stomach cramping, fatigue, yeah. lethargy. Right. Um, the list goes on. Yeah, even yeah. just down to trouble losing weight. Or right. Or maybe you're losing a lot of weight. Yeah. Like all of these... Um, different cues can be signs to sort of food intolerances or food yes. sensitivities for some people. Yes. And it's yes. completely unique. Yeah. Completely and it even changes, unique. doesn't it, over mm. time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. as your microbiome changes, right. as your um, hormonal structure changes, those food intolerances can change yeah. as well. So it can get quite complex for some people because they're like, man, I have to keep like um, a list in my own mind of all these foods that I can eat and can't eat. And yeah. It can get overwhelming. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, just to simplify it for people, what, um, like, what would, um, would, do you think that people should just look for maybe discomfort after their meal? And if they're feeling discomfort, yep. okay, maybe look into what it is. And yep. if they're feeling comfortable, fantastic, continue. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah so that, that's probably it. I mean, we all have our own baseline, right? Yeah. Like we all know that place where we do feel really, really good. Yeah. And we all sort of know and can feel if we have some body awareness when we sort of move away from that. Yes. Um, yes. So a lot of what I teach my clients is literally just slowing down. Wow. Like slowing down when you eat, yes. slowing down in your everyday life so that you can actually start to learn to listen to these internal cues. Right. Like, And for a lot of people that's super difficult because there is so much pressure in society and life at the moment to just go, 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 go. You know, you've got to take the boxes, you've got to do all the things. Um, but for me, slowing down isn't about stopping to do the things, but it's about sort of slowing down your mental state. 
being a little bit more connected to the breath, being a little bit more intentional with what you're doing. So if you're going to eat a meal, instead of just rushing through it and only taking five minutes yeah. and your body not even noticing that you just ate, yeah. um, really taking that time, chew your food, see it as like a meditative practice, yeah. right? See what you actually do like and what your body yeah. does enjoy and sort of see it as an exploration mm. you know instead of you trying to create this list of foods that you're restricting uh, I you, like that. you're creating a list of foods that are actually um create more peace in your life or uh, create more respect love that yeah it's a more beautiful way of looking at it I like yeah that. definitely yeah beautiful so um yeah being aware of that as well um just because i do want to circle back to this thing it's quite valid as well how when did food start to change for you and uh what sort of impact did that have on you um, when your approach to food shifted? So I've been like vegan for the last seven years. Yeah. Um, and I suppose my food philosophy shifted um, when it came to like, ex- like being exposed to some of the stuff that happens to the animals. Yeah. So that was a big shift, conscious shift for me. Yeah. Um, so where it was I more ethical at the time. Yeah, it was yeah. more ethical at the time. Yeah. Um, at the time I was still doing boxing. Um, so there was a lot of like, like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to eat? Yeah. What's going to happen? Am with I my gonna... protein. Yeah, with my... <laughs> exactly. With my protein. And like, it was at that time when I was actually, I was still competing pretty highly. Yeah. Um, so I didn't want to lose performance. Like, yeah. I, I didn't want that to, to lose that sort of um, aspect or edge that maybe I had over other people. Um, but I went down the path, I explored and within like a month I was like, feeling better than i ever had Whoa, before yeah yes. yeah 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 uh, my weight just regulated itself i didn't have to like cut as yeah. much to get to to certain weights i yeah. had better energy i could train like like um four times extra a week and my Whoa. recovery just went like through the roof yes and like i just lost a whole lot of inflammation yeah um so for me it worked really really well yeah mm. yeah but then of course you hear stories about people going vegan having the opposite so yeah. um why is that mm. Lack of education. Yeah, it could be yeah, a, a, a lack of education, not a good approach, probably maybe leaning a little bit more on the junk food ah, because yeah. realistically, I mean, if you had an unhealthy diet, like yeah. a standard American diet beforehand, yeah. and then you go to being vegan, yeah. you're probably not, not everyone's going to pick up better eating habits. Yeah. They're just cutting out um, yeah. animal proteins and products. Yeah, and so they're probably still going to be leaning yeah. towards the junk food. You know? Yeah, totally. totally. Mm. And I suppose it's probably... Um, a good idea as well, just to um, highlight the, um, just to actually ask you even about B12 and iron as they're very common denominators of low energy when people move into a more vegan approach. Um, yeah. So um, how can people approach that um, in a way that actually, uh, I suppose, does serve them if they did choose that path? Yeah, for sure. And and as, you, as you said, both iron and B12 are super crucial when yeah. it comes to energy production and getting oxygen around the body. Yes. So if there is going to be a deficiency, you're going to notice it yes. quite quickly, even though the deficiency might develop over time. Mm. Um, so B12 is a really, really easy one. You just supplement it. Yeah. Like It's as simple as yeah. that. Simply, that. Simply awesome. just take a B12 supplement. Yeah. Um, you're not going to get it from any plant products yeah. because products um, are so washed and clean. They don't have any dirt on them. They don't have the microorganisms yeah. on them. Is that where normally where B12 would have come? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. so I suppose that's yeah. probably where a misconception is, right? Yeah. So a lot of people think B12 comes from animals. Yeah. But 
it comes from animals because they eat the soil. Ah, that's so yeah. interesting. So, I had no idea. No idea. Yeah. My brother. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> brother. <laughs> I got things to teach you. <laughs> yeah. um, but 100%. So that's that's where yeah. the, um, like cows and sheep and chickens and stuff right. get it from. So they're actually okay. getting it from them eating the microorganisms. Yeah. But because of spraying, tilling, yeah. over-fertilization, yeah over pasteurization yeah. um, b12 isn't actually in the soils as much yes, anymore yes. Um, so a lot of animals are actually just fortified with it like a right. lot of their grains and stuff are fortified with it so that yes. people actually get the b12 as well wow mm. so wow. it's like i'm just going straight to the source yeah i love know? that i love it. and talk to me for a second about about sprays pesticides that sort of thing what is the consequence of that it's a whole new podcast. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> nah, one, yeah, it? so it is. Yeah. It's, I mean, you just got to look into environmental toxins, yes. right? Um, and I think with the life that we live, um, it can be a little bit unavoidable yeah. because there are so many environmental toxins yeah. um, just from the air we breathe, the water we drink. Um, the food we eat. Yeah. Like, so we're all effed. <laughs> we're all effed. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, yeah. I think um, we all have some um, level of toxic um, yeah. accumulation. Yeah. Um, we, a naturopathy, call it, um, or one of the, a, a doctor, Dr. Stephen Kilbrell, he calls it the rain barrel effect. Um, so essentially, we are actually born with a toxic load. Right. Um, I think. Um, I was listening to a podcast just on the way on the way here, um, and they were talking about some babies actually being um, tested and actually being born with about 120 different toxins in them already. Whoa! Yeah, and so that's yeah. just stuff that was received from the mother yes. through the skin, even though they would have had the best intention just through water. Even if yes. you're living a healthy lifestyle, yes. there's still going to be some form of toxic load. Yeah. Um, so it is just making maybe just being a little bit more intentional, um, eating. Focusing more on organic foods, mm. trying not to use um, like the the cheaper brand products on your yeah. skin because you know that there's going to be some level of toxins in them. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah, I actually noticed um, it's kind of a weird one, but um, as soon as I stopped using uh, traditional deodorant and um, and uh, uh, it's gone from me cologne um yeah yeah i stopped getting those yellow stains as much on my clothes as well maybe i'm not sure if it's something to do with like toxins in the switch or something like that yeah, i don't know I um yeah it stain my clothes and oh, i just don't get that which is awesome yeah um, interesting. yeah 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 because i yeah i'm at those health stores as well there's those natural deodorants that i've been using yeah um yeah man i don't get that issue anymore it's great yeah yeah, yeah. well i mean sweats one of our biggest, another one, big form for the body for detoxification. Yes, yes. You know, our lymphatic system, yeah. one of the, probably the most underutilized or yes. even talked about Talk or thought about, about um, systems of the body. Mm. Um, so essentially, your lymphatic system is the body's drainage system. Yes. Um, it is, we actually have um, five liters of blood in the body and okay. we have 20 liters of lymphatic fluid. I did not know it was 20 liters. Yeah, wow. so okay. about four times yeah. as much lymph- lymphatic fluid. Yeah. Um, as there is blood and our lymphatic system sort of intertwines between our muscles picking up all these different toxins it's actually the pathways that our uh, cytokines and um, so like our inflammatory right. cells yeah. travel to get to, to places a lot yeah. faster than just going through the blood I see. Um, but there is no pump it's not like a heart it doesn't yeah. have a pump yeah. um, so we have to move our body um, 
whether it's through exercise, whether it's through walking, mm. to actually allow this lymphatic fluid to move throughout the body and, mm. and to properly do detoxification. So if you live an extremely sedentary life, you're not going to be utilizing your lymphatic system as much. Mm. Mm. Right. And then we're storing toxins, not excreting them. Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah, yeah. Building up over time. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, it leads to edemia. You can see people who have like fluid retention in yes, their legs. Yes. Um, it's just under stimulation of the lymphatic system. Yeah, yeah. So what, um, you mentioned exercise. Um, what are some other simple ways that people can actually uh, help uh, move? Help move lymph? Yeah. Um, so there's, you can do like lymphatic massages. Yes. Um, or you can do um, sauna. Right. Sauna is really good for the lymphatic system. Yes. Anything that sort of makes you sweat. Yes. Um, sitting in a room um, in a bath with Epsom salts yes. really good for the lymphatic system um, what else we got oh that's pretty much it yeah yeah. Cool. but movement's the biggest thing yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I've definitely found um, jumping on trampoline as well yeah yeah those rebounders yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. 100% chuck yeah. one of them next to your desk yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah every few minutes <laughs> you won't get much work done but your lymphatic your lymph fluid will just be yeah. flowing perfectly yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I'd love to speak now as, as we sort of touched on a few areas of um, overall health, um, a little bit more about, uh, I guess, food specifics in a way. Um, so you mentioned that, uh, yeah, you, you did shift to more of a vegan based diet. Um, I myself have previously, um, uh, sorry, in the last sort of five, six months as well, um, but I have reintroduced um, a couple of uh, more animal products. So um, eggs and salmon are the two things that I've sort of reintroduced. Cool. Um, yeah, mainly because I found that I was finding very difficult to get things like uh, choline, so for acetylcholine, um, and my, um, uh, is it my EPA um, um, out of omega-3s, so things like that. So that was sort of, that was really the main reason why. Um, Also, I've definitely found when I did reintroduce, there was a slight shift in performance as well. Like, it's interesting because I I definitely noticed, um, um, this is something I'm loving to ask you about. Um, I definitely noticed well, when I went more a vegan-based approach, definitely my gut health issues improved so much. Yeah, um, yeah overall endurance as well shifted, which is great. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like um, explosive performance and things like that, yeah. uh, I found that dropped a little. Okay. Um, just personally, um, I can imagine it's different for everyone. Yeah, sure. um, so yeah, I'm very intrigued uh, to hear a little bit more about as to why it is that um, maybe a more plant-based approach can be very beneficial for many people um, mm. and what you might say to people that um, you know might be eating a lot of meat and uh, just unsure about that sort of pro- um, that sort of approach yeah, yeah for sure um, well I think if you look at most nutritional approaches um, apart from maybe carnivore and keto um, but when you have a look at most nutritional approaches a lot of them are focused and centered around eating predominantly plants right right yeah um, I think, I don't know the exact percentages, but a majority of people are actually deficient in fiber. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're meant to be getting, I think it's 20 grams of fiber a day. And I know predominantly in America, they're only getting about 12. Oh, I don't right. know what the exact numbers yeah, are from yeah. New Zealand. Um, so most people are actually deficient in fiber. Yeah. You know, and if you're going to be deficient in fiber, it means you're not going to be feeding your gut bacteria. Mm. Um, so fiber is an indigestible um carbohydrate yeah. that comes from fruits nuts yeah. there is soluble seeds. and insoluble right yes yeah, soluble yeah. and insoluble yeah. fiber yeah. so soluble means the body can break it down yeah. insoluble means that it actually just passes through and yeah. what comes out is is still yeah right, right. Mm. 
Yeah. So of course, there's um, definitely a certain amount that um, I mean, we can really only get that from plants, right? Yeah, you can yeah, only get yeah, it from plants. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's huge. So what about people that are on maybe like more of a carnivore and keto diet? Um, they like that fascinates me because of course there's so many studies obviously going against that mm. and then of course there's been many studies as well that support it and it just gets it. so yeah. confusing for many people yeah. yeah for me i'm just gonna wait and see what happens in like the next 20 or 30 right. years for them yep. realistically because yep. it is super hard to say yeah um, it is reasonably reasonably new so yeah i mean they can be the test subjects realistically yeah. <laughs> i'll enjoy my apples like and that. oranges i like that <laughs> That's a cool way to put it, man. Um, it's a very good point because there's not really been any long-term stuff on on that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And especially when it comes to gut health as well. Yes. Um, there's a lot, yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And oh, that's, cool. and that, and that's is exactly one of the other things as well, right? When it comes to bio-individuality, yeah. um, they might find for their body, if they took out the emotions, that that what's worked for them. Yeah. Um, but if there is an emotional driver behind it, yeah. then it is going to be skewed. Yeah. you know and and that i suppose that can work both yeah. ways this is what joe rogan said I'm doing yeah, yeah, yeah yeah he's my god 100 yeah, yeah. um and so yeah if you take out the emotion to it and yeah. just start to learn to listen to your body i guess your mm. body really knows um for me yes uh, a plant-based I diet i absolutely thrive on um and well for a lot of, most of my clients when um, when it's done properly, when mm. they're getting a balance of everything, when they're supplementing mm. properly um, for their body and their actually body's way of um, assimilating and moving nutrients throughout the body, yes. um, then they all seem to thrive as well. Oh man, yeah, because there's so many um, there's so many studies done on like depression, anxiety, and uh, them being like those sort of symptoms or experiential symptoms being associated with many things like. Um, certain hormonal imbalances, mm. uh, certain nutrient deficiencies, like yeah. I know vitamin D, magnesium, yeah, magnesium um, yeah B12, yep. um, even iron as well. Yep. Um, so many different minerals when they've noticed deficiencies in certain um, minerals. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's so many more that like the possibility. For, is, they've even seen K2 yeah. deficiencies like yeah. contribute to depression. Like It's just insane. So, of course, we want an overall variety. Now, yes. I'd love to speak to you about that a little bit more. So, um, of course, approaching... Um, how nutrition is so uh, crucial for overall mental health and well, mental well-being in a positive sense, yep. right? And variety definitely comes into that. So mm-hmm. how do we go about, um, uh, like, how crucial really is variety? And how can people appro- approach um, a more variety-based uh, approach um, yeah. to yeah to their eating um, in sure. a very easeful way that's not overwhelming. Yeah. I don't feel like they're collecting, you know, a hundred ingredients yeah, from yeah, the yeah. market every week. And, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, so even when it comes to nutrition with my clients, we keep it super, super simple. Awesome. Because if you can't do the simple things consistently, there's no point getting super creative with yeah. it and trying to like get all these different like um, superfoods and everything like that. Like yeah. realistically, superfoods consistency, right? Yeah. Um, so what I like to do with my clients is just teaching them simple ways of portioning out foods right um focusing on even some of the nutritional stuff that we learned in school right five plus a day i love that you know it's cool that you're bringing that back yeah 100 yeah. because like there's a lot to it but nutrition does get overly complicated yeah but if you can't do the simple things why yeah why get too complicated yeah right so focusing on uh this is normally what i tell my clients um a palm portion of protein beautiful half a cupped uh a cupped um, handful of carbohydrates whether yeah. it's grains or whether it's root vegetables kumara potato 
um, pumpkin. Yeah. All that Sweet food. potato for those guys out there. That yeah, 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 yeah. What is this? <laughs> I've got a few American Taro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, um, and then two fifths of non-starchy vegetables right. and just aiming for three plus colors. Yeah. So that's normally what I take to my clients. And so I love that. And it's, I love the simplicity it, there. Yeah, and it's just got to really be simple. Now, once they've done that simple stuff and they want to look at doing things that are a little bit more like interesting or intriguing or exploring yes. different possibilities, that's when we look at that. Wow. Yeah. So that's do the simple stuff yeah. first. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Now, um, if we were to say uh, maybe three key things for people to uh, keep in mind when they're going about their overall um nutrition and their, their eating habits one um you've just mentioned is keeping it simple mm-hmm. um what would maybe two more um big things be in terms of recommendations or things that people should be mindful of mm. when it comes to their eating and nutrition okay um so keeping it simple yeah so and keeping it simple and listening to sound nutritional advice beautiful okay yeah um the next is learning to listen to your intuition when it comes to food yes okay and the third is just being more mindful yeah, being a little bit more mindful. Yeah. So your intuition is actually a really, really good guide. We have hunger and fullness cues for yes. a reason, right? Yes. Um, the only thing is you don't want to just listen to your intuition yeah. because quite often because of the foods that we have, different symptoms that you have, you could have some sort of a bacterial overgrowth. Yeah. Um, that's why you can't have some cravings towards right. like sugary. Right. And how do you know we've got some bacterial overgrowth? Like you have to do testing realistically yeah. or yeah. sort of on a person-to-person basis. Yeah. But if you're having a lot of intense cravings yeah. um, for like sh- um, salty and sugary food, then it's probably going to tell you something's a little bit off in your mm. body. Okay. And that's going to be most people though, isn't it? Yeah, a yeah, lot of people. Yeah. 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 So well, what are some ways to go about that? Is that something that we can only go to really a, a naturopath about? Or there's some simple steps people can take? Mm, when it comes to, to to looking at that, or if you do have intense cravings, <laughs> it depends whether they're physical or emotional. Yeah. Um, yeah, it might be worth going to talk to someone about it. Yeah, yeah. either yeah. a nutritional counselor, a health coach, yes. um, that's probably going to put you on the right path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a Ryan Bennett. <laughs> or, or, yeah, or a Ryan Bennett. Definitely, definitely. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, so I do actually want to start wrapping this up because yeah, um, time wise. But honestly, I literally just looked over at the timing about two minutes ago. I'm like, holy crap, we've already been, <laughs> we've already been talking an hour. It's crazy almost, um, which is just mind-blowing because I'm just so fascinated by everything that you have. Like, so much to dig up there. Yeah. Um, I guess the last thing that I'd like to just check on, check in on is overall gut health. Right? Mm. Um, what a, um, So I, I know that there's so many people that, um, that do share about the fact that they've got gut issues, um, yeah, they've got certain issues relating to the gut, mm-hmm. um, what like, I guess it does really circle back to what we've just shared, but are there any other things that people might want to be mindful of around um, how they can help their gut? Yep. Yeah. Um, so every approach will be really, really unique and individualized. Yeah. So sort of based on not only the gut health, but the other symptoms that they're having as well, um, the approach will be completely different. Yeah. Um, so for me, it is not just about looking at the one thing, but it's about meeting the person and seeing them as a whole. Yeah. And actually looking at the way the different mechanisms in the body are working or not functioning, yeah. you know, um, because they could be extremely fatigued. They could have gut issues, but it could be something to do with their adrenals. They could have yeah. gut issues, but it could be something to do with their um, their liver. 
you know they could have mental health problems but it could be something to do with another aspect of their body so i guess if you are having digestive issues and it is consistent don't just keep sleeping on it yeah like just go see someone about it yeah um you can do the basics i mean if you're doing the basics right and you're still getting problems there's something else going on there yeah. there's an underlying um issue there so yes. really get that checked out um because after a while if there is disruption in the gut it's going to lead to inflammation if there's inflammation in the gut it's going to create something called leaky gut which yeah. is going to lead to inflammation in the rest of the body yeah. and if your inflammation in the rest of the body increases it's going to lead to more neurological conditions as mm. well yes mm. yes so the gut knows gut knows <laughs> gut knows right thank you brother thank you um I, just to wrap this up i'd love to just check in is there um uh, what's one i guess key piece of advice that you would speak to your 21 year old self about who's just realized that um oh wow i've got this depression i've come to realize that my thoughts create my reality like you know mm. sort of on that path already mm-hmm. what's one piece of advice that you'd say to that 21 year old self starting this journey i would probably say um to just trust um to just learn to listen um learn to slow down um and just appreciate where you are and where you're going beautiful my man thank you so much man it's been such a pleasure having you uh guys if you don't already please go and follow this guy you'll find that the um details uh for what he's going to share in a second are in the uh description of the show notes and so you can go down there you can find all the details that he's just about to share now so where can they find you um so you can find me on instagram yeah at ryan bennett underscore 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 yeah there's a few few ryan bennett's around um so you can best to find me there you can also um find me on facebook as well my name ryan bennett um dash naturopathic wellness coach um i've got a free facebook group where i go live like three times a week sharing a whole lot of different information um on just things that I'm seeing with my clients, things that I'm experiencing, meditation, mindfulness, looking at everything in a really holistic way. So, amazing. Yeah, Instagram's the best bet, and then you can oh. sort of go down the rabbit hole from yeah. there. Yeah, love that. Love that. The Ryan Bennett rabbit hole. I like the <laughs> Ryan Bennett rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much, brother. Yeah, honestly, guys, um, head over there. You can again find all this stuff in the description including the facebook group that um ryan shared as well um as well as instagram i follow his instagram nearly every single day i'm learning something from stories so yeah you can find a lot of juicy stuff over there uh anyway guys uh if you found this uh episode uh served you in some shape or form uh please head on over and uh give us a good old five star rating a little review uh, that'll be great if you give us anything less than that i'll kick your butt okay. um don't worry it's uh, honestly um, it really does help it serves us and enables us to actually reach more people it boosts the podcast and um yeah if you feel that this might benefit someone else um yeah please do share it um and yeah it really helps us if you do do a good old subscribe as well all right guys well all the best much love and uh yeah, I'll catch you guys later. Have a good one. Thank you, brother. Cheers, Kathy. Sing